It's time for the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Tom Baker. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stock Car Show. Tonight's show, as always, being presented by our good friends at HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsports safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. My name is Tom Baker from Race Chaser Media. I am joined at the round table inside the Race City USA Race Chaser Studios by Cisco Scaramuza, <clears throat> also by Chris Murdoch and Jacob Seelman from Speed Sport. And Randy Miller is behind the glass punching all the right buttons once again here and uh we are we have a full show tonight actually besides yes, the full round table we actually have a you'll hear several other voices on the show tonight kyle Souza going to join us after a while to talk about wheeling modifieds my favorite subject and uh we'll also have tyler dipple from the nascar k&m pro e series joining us and we will have Kaz Grala coming up in just a little while. Uh, Kaz, probably one of the top two or three stories in NASCAR's Xfinity series over the past month uh, or so, think? if not the top story. And Kaz going to be joining us. And I don't know if he's got any good news for us, but I sure hope he does because we would love nothing better than to see Kaz be able to continue forward with the Fury Race Cars team, but this last race... Two top tens in four races tends to do that for you. Well, not only that, but he, he's he, even the races he didn't finish in the top ten, he was racing inside the top ten or, or around the top ten, and he that team came together in about ten days uh, prior to the Charlotte Elsco 300 on Memorial Day weekend, so... It's this is one of those situations he had just four races left with the New England tractor trailer training school or net as we like to refer to it on the show. There you go. Um, and so we're hoping that either they will continue with more races or he will pick up additional corporate support because uh, that team belongs on the racetrack. It was good to see Tony Urie Jr. back uh kind of in the mind it's again. good to see tony yuri jr at any racetrack yeah but. yeah definitely uh was was cool to see that so we'll be talking to kaz after a while we'll see what he has to say but guys um we're gonna give jacob a chance to do his favorite two-word phrase here so go ahead jacob hit it breaking news nascar has announced that the all-star arrow package will not be used at any further cup series races in 2018 i will quote steve o'donnell nascar's chief racing development officer in saying what we want to do is to continue to deliver on that great racing product and to do that we need to spend the proper time talking to the engine builders the car manufacturers and the race teams to see what if anything we could do this year basically we all collectively felt like the best thing to do was to put additional effort into some potential tweaks and focus on 2019 versus a race or two this season everyone is aligned on doing what is best for the fans thank you very much um i'll go around the table here and i will go counterclockwise because well i'm kind of the salmon that swims on the opposite way of the fish anyway jacob <laughs> <What>? <laughs> salmon you've never heard that phrase before the, 
never mind. Salmon swim against the stream. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you said the opposite way of the fish uh, swim what? with the stream. See, yeah, uh, you yeah. just completely butchered I'll ref- that. I'll rephrase. No, I didn't. But I'll rephrase the question. The question is: Do you approve of NASCAR holding off on using this package in any additional races until next season? The fan side of me says no because I want to see good racing now. But the business side in me says yes because this, like Steve O'Donnell said, does take time. Well, okay, fair enough. Um, we, need, we need to do this right. We don't need to do it rushed, is my point. I'll go to Cisco this time because Chris okay. is holding our Facebook Live camera. So. <laughs> and Cisco. Chris also can't point at himself. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to – we'll fix it. What's my thought on it? Yeah. Do you approve or disapprove of this decision? It feels like NASCAR went, well, we want to do this, and then everyone got mad, so they said, okay, we're not going to do anything. This feels like they're not saying anything. Like, we're not going to try it again. Nobody, you know, we got enough people not to like it to where it was going to be a fuss either way. So we don't want to put up with anyone arguing about this for the next five months. And they're just going to sweep it under the rug. That's what it feels like to me. Personally, I like the decision. But at the same time, I feel like it's just a we're just going to put this in a cubby hole and not revisit it until February. Mm, I'm not sure that's the uh, idea at all, but okay, Chris. Um, let's see. Maybe Cisco can. There we go. We'll, yeah, he'll take. Uh, it there we go. <laughs> I guess. I guess that works. Sloppy uh, transition to yeah. Chris. Yeah, Do you approve yeah. or disapprove of the decision? I, I approve of it because I said it when the All Star race was over that weekend that I wanted them to take a, a better look at it, reassess yeah. all the data that they're going to get from that race. And try to improve on that package, get driver feedback, all the all the stops and all the steps that they need to complete to make this the best package that it can be. I totally 100% agree with their call to not use it. Thank you. Okay. So I've said that for a while. Awkward transition back to Chris holding the camera. <laughs> yeah. That one was better than the first one. It was one. better than yeah. the first one. <laughs> it, it, was be- it was better than Cisco's hand just yeah, kind exactly. of grabbing. Where are we Facebook-living this, Chris? Is this it's on, on our Facebook. Kid, it's on our Facebook okay. Race, uh, if, you're, if you're listening to this show live, either on Spreaker or on the Performance Motorsports Network, pay attention. go to Race Chaser Media on Facebook. Race Chaser Media. We are uh, Facebook-living this first segment of the show. Okay, so my feeling on this is basically very similar to Jacob's. As a fan, I would like to see it again. But to be very honest, the business man in me says it's better if we don't because first of all the first time was so good and it was so appropriate and it went so well yeah. i'd almost be afraid that they to would screw it up yeah, yeah they would do it a second time it wouldn't work well and then it, it, people would be less enthused i don't think cisco that this is a case of putting it in the cubby hole or being afraid of people's negative reaction i think it's more a situation of I, one of the the issues that came up with it was that I think some of the drivers felt like we needed more some sort of more horsepower to be able to get to the leader and do something with the leader. And so I think what they're trying to do is work with the engine builders to find a package that actually is a little bit, it gives them a little bit of the horsepower back without sacrificing you know, yeah. the the uh, pass, passing and the raceability. I yeah. will say that in our chat, Brett says everybody voted no on the package except for Childress. I don't know if that's true, but Brett says in our Facebook. Shocking. Page. They won I'm, at Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> I, see, I, I guess it would depend who 
everybody is. The rest of the the rest of the teams. If it's team owners, I might buy that. But yeah, I know that, there that were more. Be, that would be the team owners. Okay, because means every team owner voted against the the package, but Childress, and they won Michigan, like well, I said. Yeah. So. But but I think that's I don't attach any negativity to that. I would think that that's reasonable because I think the team owners are looking at it the way I would yeah. was looking at it and saying, look, One would think. we're fans and we, we think it's got possibilities. One thing it does clearly state in this press release too is that NASCAR does not see this as a package to be used at every track or even right. every mile and a half track. Yeah. They're going to select tracks to use it at. Um, and I think there are some that would seem to lend themselves naturally to this type of package Indy would be the first one that comes to mind um as a track that I think really would would be perfect for it but Cisco I think everything except Pocono <laughs> it was terrible well, at Pocono. actually I think maybe Pocono would be a possibility if they can tweak the package and give them some horsepower back. Cause I but think you cannot run wide open at Pocono ever in anything except maybe an Indy car. But I think if you, I think you can make it that way. If you, if if you tweak the package and tweak the tires right, you might be able to get close enough to make a difference. But maybe not. But the, unfortunately, Pocono is. And I mean no disrespect to, to management or anybody at the track, but Pocono is just a very hard track for anything to race it's well not at, a like stock you said, car besides track. right. It's it's basically it's an indie car track. It's perfect Thank for you. indie cars. Yeah. Well yep. we know we all know turn two was built off of Indianapolis anyways, or based on right. it. Yes. So. Yeah, it's a it's a great track for indie cars. The stock car is just it yeah. it's just too hard. Turn one's Trenton, turn two's Indy. Speaking of Milwaukee. that. Speaking of that, I'm I'm going to tease something here okay. that we can debate in the lightning round later because we're almost up against our first break. But I want to tease something here. You're talking about you know tracks and stock cars yeah. and rather stock cars are well on tracks. I saw an interesting conversation that came up between Jeff Burton and Kyle Petty oh, about the that they were asked the question of NBC is do we want to weeks. see NASCAR race on a street course would, no. would people like to see a cup race on a street course no now, hold on let's debate this in the lightning round but the reason it was brought up was because you know the the whole roval idea and adding a road course or whatever maybe we could try a street course somewhere and i i'm gonna just kind of leave a cliffhanger here till our lightning round at the end of the show but kyle petty actually made a very compelling argument about why it would be very difficult to do that. And I'll talk about that later in the show. We're going to step aside. When we come back, we're going to have Kaz Grala joining us on the Race Chaser Hotline, and we are going to talk about Fury Race Cars, the number 61, and a whole lot of fantastic racing by that team in the last few weeks. Stay with us. More of the Stock Car Show coming up. Presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing 
racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once like texting and driving. Stop the text, stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, I'm Noah Gregson, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Hi, I'm Noah Gregson, and I pulled a really good Carl Edwards imitation last night. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was also at Millbridge last night working on a cart. By really? The way. He, oh, was, see, he, he, he was being learned by Joe Claridge. Of course he's working on it because he'll never yeah. race one again. He scared himself to he, death. No, 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 no. Like Mitch Walker says, he's scared. Yeah, <laughs> scared. Let's All get right. to our guest, shall yeah, we? Yeah, our guest is not scared. No. Kaz Grala back with us again, and uh, we love it when Kaz is in the studio, but unfortunately we couldn't make that happen tonight, so he was kind enough to join us on the phone. Kaz, welcome back to the Stock Car Show. Happy to have you. And allow me, on behalf of all of us sitting here at this roundtable, to say congratulations on one hell of a month. Thank you. Yeah, it's been it's been good to us, and thanks for having me back on. Well, we're always happy to have you back on and uh, talk with you. Now that you're a few weeks into this, I mean, you've obviously had some time to sort of come to grips with reality, so to speak, that, oh, my gosh, we're actually doing this. Um, talk a little bit about what it's been like going back 
wow, thanks, Randy. We're all awake now. Um, talk about what it's been been like when you, if you look back and think about it. What what has the last month been like? Because it has to have been kind of just a big whirlwind for you. Absolutely, it's it's the least I've slept in a month before. <laughs> to tell you that. <laughs> well, uh, um, it, it's it's been busy for us. Of course, back about a month ago. Uh, I, I lost my ride that was originally scheduled to be full-time, so we had to scramble to try to figure something out, and luckily we pulled a deal together with, with Fury Race Cars and, uh, and, and brought a lot of the same guys that I'd worked with before, either in the first 10 races of the year or yep. in, in other uh, facets of racing before this year, and uh, got, got a group together and said, let's go racing. Um, and it's been it's been really really fun, and we've had some good success. I'd say all four races so far, I would consider us to be a top ten car. We we finished oh, yeah. in the top ten two of those four times. One of the ones that wasn't a top ten was darn near a win. It was about ten minutes away from being a win. Um, and and I would say for a brand new team, for any team that that's an accomplishment, but for a brand new team especially. That that's uh, definitely not something that you commonly see. At least not not anything I've seen since I've been a NASCAR fan, and that's been about the last ten years. So it's a really unique situation that we have right now, and I hope to to be able to continue running more races this year w- with this team. So Kaz, just to to be clear kind of on what you referenced a minute ago when you were talking about being 10 minutes away from a win that was the Michigan race where you were leading and I think there were a lot of people in your corner praying that it was just going to open up and start pouring it didn't quite work out but you also had to come from the back twice in that race just to have a shot to lead some laps there towards the end right before the rain came I mean that was a crazy day in itself it, it was definitely a busy race for me. Um, we calculated after the race that I passed 76 cars that day. So we wow. started in the back. We drove all the way up to eighth just in the first stage, got stage points, then had an uncontrolled tire on that pit stop, went to the back again, drove all the way back up to fifth by the end of stage two, got more points. Uh, and then in the last stage, raced in the top five for most of it and, and even took the lead uh, in in one of the last stretches of the race there and led under caution as well and led on the restart. Unfortunately, got moved up out of the way, and um, we were still in the top five. We were fifth, but the problem with Michigan is you really want to be in the outside lane for the mm-hmm. restart, and, and unfortunately on that one, everyone knew the rain was coming, so they were racing as if it was a green-white yeah. checker to begin with, um, and, and I, I was stuck on the bottom and had no holes until I fell back to 11th or 12th, and that's where we ended up finishing the race. So um, I, I wish the circumstances had played out just a little bit better, but still it, it was very exciting for us as an organization to be able to go up there race in the top 10, race in the top five, and even battle those guys for, for the win in the race. And um, we, we finished 12th, but I think it, everybody knew that we were there when it came to the conversation of discussing who won that race. And um, at the end of the day, that's all you can ask for. Sometimes it, it goes your way in those circumstances. Sometimes it doesn't, but you just have to put yourself in that position to have the opportunity to race for that. And that's exactly what we did. 
um, that that was a, a really good race for us and uh, definitely one of our biggest selling points to sponsors trying to to talk people into helping us run some more races this year what does it say about the group of guys that you and your dad and everybody has assembled at fury race cars that's been working with you over the past month to have two top tens and a third race where you as you said you darn near won the thing and basically have built the whole thing in about 13 days this is not an xfinity team so what does it say about all the people that have been working with you and the fact that you guys were able to pull this off the way you did well, the speed that we've had and the and the quality of runs and execution is all just uh, an indication of the talent of the people that we have at Fury Race Cars. I mean, yes, this is Fury Race Cars' first time in a national series in NASCAR, but most of the guys, almost all of the guys on my team have anywhere from 5 to 20 years of experience at the national level, just not all together as this group. So... Um, we're, we're not lacking personnel by any means. We, we've got some of the best people in the business. And what, what really makes our deal special to me is the motivation. I think every, each individual person on our team has their own reason for, for really wanting to prove themselves, put their best foot forward, work their butt off and, and make this program as good as it can be. And it really feels like everybody's all hands on deck, pulling in the, the same direction. And that's why we're able to do so well, because uh, at the end of the day, this sport's all about people. And and if the people are, are happy and enjoying what they're doing and motivated to, to be as good as they possibly can, then then that's when good things happen. And, and that's what we've got right now. And um, I, I don't see that changing with, with our group of guys. And, and Kaz, I'm curious, you know, one of the big storylines this whole year has been grassroots racing versus the big tier of NASCAR. And Fury Race Cars is a team built on grassroots racing, and you're taking it to the top series. So what kind of a statement do you think it makes that a team that has built it, uh, has built themselves on grassroots a- racing is able to go to a top level and do this well, this quickly? Well, I, I think it, it shows the the caliber of people that we have at the team, even though it is a grassroots team. And that's a really, really good sales pitch for why you should buy Fury race car, late models, modifieds, and road course cars, because you basically get the the opportunity to work with guys like Tony Uri Jr. and Jeff Foltz on your setups. And and you get to go race your local guys with their information. And, And that's why Fury race cars are, not only doing well on Saturdays in the Xfinity Series, but they're winning all over the country every single weekend. And and uh, I don't I don't think a lot of people realize just how good all the people over at Fury Race Cars were until we went out in the Xfinity Series and said, "Well, hey, look, we can do this even here." Right. So imagine how fast you can get your late model to go. All right, Kaz, I'll ask the $500,000 question here, which is probably, uh, if everything goes according to the plan that you'd like it to go to, going to ultimately be worth more than that down the road, we would hope. But 
Is there interest right now as you guys go into an off week that I know, A, you timed out, and B, was certainly needed to aid in the sponsorship search? Do you guys have some interest of people that you're talking to as far as potential partners to go forward? We're, we're working on things. It's, it's, a, it's a tough process, and I think everyone in the sport knows that, that it's no easy task to make happen, but we are, we are actively trying, and I don't have any good news to announce for you yet, but um, everything is, is going in the right direction for now, so we will see how that turns out in about the next week or so. But um, the fantastic part about running as well as we have in the last four races is not only is it attractive to sponsors, but it also gives us a little bit more leverage with all of our, our partners for, for parts, for help, for resources, for information. Sure, it just yeah. uh, g- gives us a, an opportunity to say, well, you know, maybe can we give you only this much? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so we can cut our costs a little bit and, and the the longer we keep running well, I think we'll even be able to get our costs down a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So running this race team right now is no different than just running a business itself. Um, that's that's kind of how we're treating it and, and trying to push it in the most successful direction as we can. And we would be absolutely thrilled to run four more races this year, six more races this year, or every race. Uh, for the rest of the year, uh, of course, the latter would be. Yeah, yeah. But, I'm voting option um, C. <laughs> that's what we're shooting for, and however close we're able to get to that, will be uh, the the cherry on top. All right, so I want you to have a minute to give some props to the folks that got you to the point where you just finished at Iowa last weekend, because. I've seen them on your cars since the very beginning of the journey. I know they've been a part of your journey all the way back to the beginning. But the support to have the New England Tractor Trailer Training School stay with you, step up the way they did, keep it going through those four races, the commitment that they've shown to you I know was huge to make this Fury portion of those four races happen. Yes, uh, Nets has actually been with me from the start. They were my very first real sponsor back in 2013 on a late model and and they have been with me at every level of the journey since then and this weekend in iowa wrapped up the the completion of nets's uh sponsorship for us in in 2018 at the xfinity level and i was very grateful for them to to give me that opportunity and help me to to make these first i believe it's 14 races uh and um, I, I hope to see them back with me on a car someday in the future, this year or, or any year going forward. Well, Kaz, you're definitely uh, an outstanding role model for your peers. You're a fantastic young racer, and we are really, really pulling for you to be able to continue forward here in the fashion that you need to in order to get up there and compete for wins. We're really excited and fully behind what uh, Fury Race Cars has going on because we're all about some underdogs, and we love when families can achieve great things together, and I know that's got to be a big deal for you and your dad to be doing this too as a family. It is. We've we've had a lot of fun with it so far, so 
selfishly, I want to keep this program going because <laughs> we're just enjoying ourselves too much to want to stop. Hey, it's memories. That's exactly That's, well. Uh, and, and I was going to make the point too, real quick, that Father's Day last Sunday at Iowa had to be really cool oh my, for the both yeah, of that's you. Right. I remember I seeing one that. of the one of the TV shots on pit road right before the green. Your dad standing next to you and thinking to myself, "Oh, he's got to be loving every minute of this." He definitely was, and he doesn't miss any races of mine. He comes to every single one, but this one was a little bit extra special because not only was he there watching me as my dad, but he was there watching me as one of the co-owners of the car itself. Um, so I know that was a, a really special moment for him, and we went out, we qualified well, and we had sure a really did. good run. So I know I know that made his Father's Day a, a little bit extra exciting. Well, thanks uh, for taking a few minutes to jump on with us and chat with us tonight, Kaz. And, uh, again, we're 100% behind you. And uh, if you get any news to announce, let us know, and we'll make some space for you. We uh, certainly look forward to seeing you back in action real soon. I hope you will. Thank you, guys. All right. That's Kaz Grala, a class act for sure. And we will be back with more of the Stock Car Show right around the turn. You are listening to the show on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'll come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke located on Route 1 or call 827-2054. 
When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD. Hi, this is Austin Terrio, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show. You are listening live on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network, unless, of course, you are listening on demand, in which case you could be listening almost anywhere that uh, podcasts are available. Just search Race Chaser Radio and you can find the on-demand broadcasts of both this show and Motorsports Madness, which is live each Monday night here on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. But we're on, uh, let's see, we're on iHeart, we're on iTunes, we're on Google Play, Stitcher. We are also on TuneIn, all by searching Race Chaser Radio. And I know I'm missing a couple. SoundCloud, of course, is our kind of our base there that the uh, feed comes from. But um, we're on a bunch, and we're working on some more. So uh, if you can't hear a show live, then just uh, go to your favorite podcast source and search for Race Chaser Radio, and we're probably there. So uh, we continue this show. We had Austin Terrio bring us back in from break there, and uh, Austin, I had a chance to talk with him a little bit the other night uh, at the summer shootout at Charlotte Motor Speedway. He was there watching Chase Purdy, who he's kind of mentoring in the ARCA series a little bit. And um, Austin, not really close to a ride, he said. He's working on some things, but nothing imminent, and that's uh, a shame. I would really like to see Austin full-time in a car. Uh, hopefully somebody at some point will get behind him, and he belongs in either Xfinity or yeah, really. I almost think he could. Um, he would be just fine in the Cup Series if he, he got would the be. right equipment. I but, believe it. But um, anyway, as we continue with the show, it was interesting just Kaz talking about the personnel and that was something that I think stuck out to me in this interview we just did with him because yeah. Kaz if you look at who I mean when you talk about Tony Erie Jr. but it's not just Tony you've got so many other experienced people in that organization that it probably shouldn't be a big surprise that they went out and had the speed they had except for the fact that when you when you're competing against cup teams yeah. and the resources that they have and the engineers they have it's really not it's one of those situations where you just it it's so almost overwhelming to think about uh very very happy mm-hmm. to uh to see that Kaz has done as well as he has and I hope that continues get back to the the newswire here and hey I have News. Oh, breaking news. Okay. Well, I'll let you go. Well, first, before so. we wrap that up, okay. let me just kind of put go a ahead. bow on this yeah. little cast thing. 
It's it's because listening to him, like you said, give credit to all of the guys that yeah. make Fury race cars happen. It's something you don't hear a lot. You don't you hear about maybe the car chief. Well, that's also chief. true. Yeah, you don't hear about that a lot. And Kaz maybe mentioned uh, Tony a little bit, but he was more thankful for everybody who goes to the shop every day, who yep. is turning the wrenches, yep. who is putting their their hard work into these cars to make them good. So it's no surprise that they're doing well because they're putting the effort in to do as well as they're doing. Well, Kaz is definitely a class act and mm-hmm. would give credit where credit's due. Um, but again, he made the point that they're running it like a business. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, I see a lot of younger drivers trying to come up through the ranks and, and, you know, the families don't understand. You have to look at it. From a business standpoint, Kaz's not dad from, from been a hobby a standpoint. Yes, there is. Yes, so. yes, very much. Yep. And uh, so, again, we shouldn't probably have been so surprised, but the idea that yeah. you just throw something together like that, even with the people they had to get out for Charlotte and do as well as they did right off the trailer exactly. um, was, yeah. was pretty remarkable. Go ahead, Jacob. You had a news item. I'll let you. I'll defer to you. Yep. For the second time in this show, breaking news. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. The And this comes to the uh, nuts and bolts of this show, which is short track racing, grassroots oh, racing. Fun. The ARCA CRA Super Series has released the entry form as of this afternoon for one of my favorite crown jewel races in the country, the Redbud 400 on the Anderson Speedway quarter mile in Indiana. It's going to be a Monday show. It's coming back to its roots and becoming a Monday night show again in 2018. It will follow the Kentucky NASCAR weekend in July. Steve Wallace, the defending winner of the Red Bud 400. Kyle Busch, of course, won it back in 2009. Eric Jones doing so three years ago in 2015. The, The news here, guys is the fact that the winner's purse for this year's running of the Red Bud has been increased to $15,000 to win. That's big. Uh, Almost as big as the Money in the Bank race that I was at at Berlin a couple of weeks ago that paid twenty grand to win, and we saw Kyle Busch and Bubba Pollard get beat by a local in Brian Campbell. 400 laps, counting yellows, but the 15,000 to win item is what I think is going to make this so interesting. And the fact that it's a Monday show, guys, you could perhaps see a Kyle Busch, a Harrison Burton, an Eric Jones, some of these guys who don't get the chance to run Cisco, a lot of these crown jewel races anymore, come back and take a stab at it, especially with big money on the line. Anderson's in Anderson, Indiana, Yes, right? that is what I said. So that would be, it's about a two-hour, 45-minute drive if you drive from Sparta Oh, it's not Anderson. long. Yeah, and, no. and let's remind ourselves that the cup race is a Saturday night race. Yeah, exactly. So you oh, have a day of way. travel. So and correct. Anderson's right outside Indianapolis. So uh-huh. if, especially if you're someone like, I don't know, a Kyle Larson who works for Mr. Ganassi, who knows a couple people in Indianapolis that yeah. might be able to be a thing. He just well, has to make sure Chip's okay with it, obviously. Larson, I don't think Larson would run a super hey. late model race. No, I'm just saying. Not, but uh, I wouldn't expect, wouldn't expect Kyle. But, but Bush... Jones, Hamrick, who will probably you know who will run the Xfinity race Friday night at Kentucky. Um, somebody else was on my mind, and wouldn't rule just, out maybe a Noah Gregson either. Gregson, um, you I would th- you would think Harrison, or even a, yeah, I was going to say Harrison. Harrison Bell. Run it. I was going to say even possibly a Seabell. I mean, Bell, any of them could be candidates perhaps. for KBM late model. Yeah, um, Eckes would be Eckes another option, yeah. perhaps yep. in a Fury car. Yep. 
there's any number of guys who are now migrating into the national series that could come back and run this race. I mean, and this, you know, the ARCA CRA Super Series has been back on a bit of an upswing again this year with some of the really big, really solid races that they've had in that series. So I'm I'm not complaining one bit, and I, I think the increase in winner's purse is a big deal for this. It's also, Tom, the controlled caution philosophy where you get three laps to make your pit stop without losing a lap in comparison to the other leaders, that's going to be a big deal. Uh, and for those who are date hounds or might want to know, okay, exactly what date is that? I think if I'm correctly, it's the 16th because the Kentucky race, I think is Saturday the 14th. So yes. it would be yes. July the 16th. That is correct. Thinking about making plans to go. And I suggest you do because I have been to Anderson a number of times for yes, have I. mostly for the little 500, which is just like nothing else ever in the sport in any respect. Yeah, there's another, there, there's another <laughs> I mean, race that I can preach to. My granddad won the yeah. pole, won <laughs> the pole for that race in 79 and almost won it if not for uh, a Danny Smith relief driving effort with eight to go that we just don't talk about in my house anymore. <laughs> that, I'm still, we're, still, we're still a little bitter about that one. Uh, but anyway, no, uh, that's another race I would highly recommend any short track fans in the country go to one May. It's the night before the Indianapolis 500, and it features some stars who have gone on to run yeah. in the Indianapolis mm-hmm. 500. My point being is anything I've seen that runs at Anderson and I have not seen a super late model race there, but I've got to believe on that quarter mile, that's going to be a heck of a show. I will say I'm, I'm not really that excited about this trend of stacking the, you know, the 15, 20,000 to win deals on, onto these races, because I know from being around the sport long enough that it's it's fine, but only one guy wins it. What I like to see, you pay a decent amount to win, but you put some more money back in the field and pay more to start because then you encourage more teams to participate instead of it's a double-edged sword. keeping yeah. your local teams because, home. Because, because with these deals, it, it does what it needs to do, and it creates conversation about short track racing, which is exactly what we're doing here. But when you stack it up like that, then you're, there's so many other factors that it runs into. And so it's a double-edged sword, in my opinion. Well, you're and right. It's, and it's the same thing with the – like us talking about cup drivers maybe coming to run that or other yeah. NASCAR national series. Well, see, but – See, I don't I, – I, it's a double-edged sword with that too because I don't necessarily like it because they'll go and they'll beat up on beat up on the, the local guys. But, I mean, I'll I do like you, it Kyle because – I'll remind you, Kyle and Harrison got beat at Berlin. I do, I do recognize that, Jacob, and, and that's why I'm saying it's a double-edged sword because at least in that sense, it creates conversation about more short trail well, racing. Absolutely. I agree with that, and I also don't mind – I don't mind seeing Kyle and them go around late model stuff occasionally because it helps the short tracks out. Exactly. But, but um, my problem with it is is that I know – because go-kart, the same thing happened in go-karting, in, in dirt go-karting. They, they started creating the big money shows, and what happens is all the factory-back teams – Go, go run those shows. And so the smaller teams don't even bother to show up because they have no chance to win whatsoever. Now, I know, I know, okay, Brian Campbell beat Kyle Busch, blah, blah, blah. But in general, you're better off if you're trying to increase car count 
especially, you're better off putting a little bit more money in the back end of the purse, Cisco. I will say Anderson has several horse racing training facilities that look like dirt tracks or short ovals <laughs> from Google Maps, and it's really throwing me off right now. <laughs> and with that, we'll leave Cisco to ponder that one and get his, yeah. get his head around that one, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll take a break when we come back. We at least... Hope that Tyler Dipple will be joining us via the Race Chaser Outline. You're listening to the Stock Car Show live, anyway, on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, host it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Ben Rhodes, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Hey, you can almost dipple to that. Thank you, Ben. Dipple to Jim Croce. Jim Croce is, that's more sort of like. I like how that's like, a verb now. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a we turned, yeah, we turned Tyler Dipple. Hello, uh, Merriam-Webster's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, we should submit that actually for next time. I'm not sure that the driver on the phone would appreciate that <laughs> I don't, very I don't much. Understand. It's a Ty- verb. Next time Tyler comes in here, he's going to bring something to throw at us. He's, <laughs> on the, yeah. he, he's on the phone right now, by the way. And Tyler I know he's, a good yeah, sport. he's already laughing. But Tyler, yeah. I need to make fun of you for a minute because there, there was a 
gigantic to-do on Instagram after the last K&N East race at uh, New Jersey Motorsports Park. And I'm making I, – I, I even told DGR Crosley I was going to do this. I'm making fun of Tyler for wrecking Tyler. And, and, it, and it's everybody else's job to go back and watch the video from NBC Sports Network to figure out that you and Ankrum had a, a, a little bit of a coming together, shall we call Uh-oh. it, on the last lap. And you kind of got out of it halfway okay, and he kind of got out of it less than okay, just a bit. <laughs> yeah, it was just a hard racing deal. I think, you know, he didn't give me a lot of room, you know. You know, just hard racing on the last lap there. We ended up, uh, the car didn't refire. Really I don't know. Something happened where it wouldn't start up and we finished. Uh, we, we weren't, we didn't finish there. We probably would have still ended up in the top five because we had a big gap on the rest of the field. But it was just a bummer deal for us there. But I was happy with the way we ran there. I mean, Road courses aren't necessarily my strength. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> Let's, we'll call a spade a spade. I think <laughs> I remember. I seem to remember there was some sort of an incident at VIR a couple between of years the back re- too. between yeah. the rev cars. Yes, there are. That there. There's been a couple of years on road courses uh, in K and N East where teammates end up. Yeah. trading paint yeah. it just doesn't go well. I was I was going to go to did uh David have to break out milk and cookies and sit down with them but I'm not going to go there. Yeah 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 <laughs> wait, yeah what what was that like when you both got back on Monday? I'm I'm sure David and Bo were like come on guys. I haven't been back in North Carolina. I'm in the great state of New York working on the dirt. Oh, see, right that's now. he. He just ducked out and went home. That's what he did. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he's still hiding. All right, I, I I see how you are, Tyler. You're still hiding. <laughs> well, now you just told them where you were, so there'll be a knock on your door in an hour. Or two. Um, yeah. Well, you've had a you've had a, a a pretty doggone good run here since you've been with DGR. I mean. You, you seem to have settled in quickly and nicely. And I'm kind of curious how much information you and other Tyler, um, who we tried to get on this show tonight, but he he's also not at the shop. He he also went out of town, so I'm not really too sure what's up with that. But um, They separated themselves. Yeah, they separated themselves. <laughs> and they, yeah. um, but uh, how much do you share, and what is the what has the chemistry been like between the two of you? Uh, you know, it's been pretty good. I mean, up to this weekend, I mean, <laughs> we uh, <laughs> we share a lot. We work well together. I mean, I know we're all a team now, but, I mean, I don't know. Probably going to stay a little bit more isolated. Me and, me and Chris Lawson on our island in the 54 camp over there. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know. No, it's been good in all seriousness. Everyone works really good together at dgr i mean and i think it's it's been showing you know we kind of both help each other out at the racetrack and uh you know uh, run ideas off of each other and it's been going really good you know ever since i joined the dgr i felt like we had a chance to have win every race you know we really haven't run out of the top three anywhere and it's been you know really couldn't ask for anything better we've been running really good with these guys yeah it's it's been interesting to watch because you guys have run so well and you know dgr crossley sort of 
I mean, it, it, it seemed like it was kind of a last minute thing for you to go over there. Um, but it, it was like, it didn't even miss a beat. I mean, you just started off running up front and I think that just like we were talking about with Kaz Grawl a little earlier in the show with the personnel that he had at Fury race cars being the reason they could wrap up so quickly and be so competitive in the Xfinity series, I would attribute your quick success and Tyler's also Ancrums to uh, guys like Chris Lawson and Seth Smith and the guys that you have at DGR Crossley, because much like MDM Motorsports, it's really kind of an all-star organization over there as far as the uh, the mechanical side of it, and it just needed the right drivers to get the most out of the cars. Yeah, I think that's a real big part of it. You know, all the guys at the shop, man, they worked so hard. I've never seen like it over at DGR. They just want to go and win week in and week out, and they'll do anything they can to get their cars in winter circle. There's, they're probably definitely the best group of guys I've been around, and that's probably an understatement, man. These guys work so hard, and they're so good at what they do. I mean, they're really hard to beat wherever they go. Uh, talk about what you're doing in New York. Are we going to be seeing you uh, in the big block at all? Yeah, I mean, I've been trying to get ready to go for tomorrow, but I think we're going to have to get pushed off maybe another week or so. You know, my cars were kind of bare chassis, and I'm okay. kind of rushing to hang them back together. But I think sometime next weekend, I think we're going to break it out, you know. Where would we... Cars are getting laddered out this week. I'll keep you guys filled in. Though. This would be cool. Definitely next weekend, though, we're going to be running some dirt. Okay, so you don't know where yet. No, I'm not really sure where yet, but I'll know within the next couple of days here. Okay, good. Yeah, keep us posted. We'll let the audience know. So if any of them are up in the area, and we do have uh, a decent following in the New York area, so uh, give them a chance to get out and, and watch a race a little bit. All right, so I, I want to go to the points for a minute, Tyler, because you and Ankrum sit 1-2 in the standings right now. He's got your number by, I think, 16 points after New Jersey. Yeah. But you're still well within this points fight. How do you approach the the summer stretch here where there's a pretty good diversity of tracks here that really are going to play a big role in determining who breaks out and has a shot to win the championship? I think you just got to keep the mindset. You know, you go in every week. You just got to execute all you can from inside the driver's seat and give the crew good feedback, you know, just like we've been doing. Just take out you've been doing. Don't try anything crazy. I mean, it's been working for us. We just got to keep on pretty confident here, you know, with the next couple tracks coming up. I knew New Jersey was probably going to be a, a weak spot for us, and we probably would have came out there second. So, you know, I'm really confident with Thompson and New Hampshire being that DGR is so good at those two tracks next year or last year. Um, I'm I'm excited for the next couple races coming up. All right, so I know you want to win everywhere, but of the tracks that are coming up, is there a particular track that would be special for you to win at, considering uh, what's on the schedule ahead? Um. Probably just somewhere in the northeast, you know, just because that's where I'm from. Maybe Thompson or New Hampshire. Just, you know, get all the local dirt track fans that come out to see me. Are you guys? Uh, that would be pretty cool, I'd say. Probably somewhere in the northeast. Are you guys doing a throwback for Thompson? 
You know, that's a really good question. I don't know. <laughs> All right, I'm going to have to get on the phone to David tomorrow and yeah. find out since the driver doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to. That's a good idea. You just remind me of that. we got to get on that. You know what? Yes, I, you do. I know going to see left out a New York race. Well, it's another road course. The only <laughs> yeah. the only race in the state of New York is on a road course. Yeah. Tyler, Tyler needed to petition NASCAR. Like, what the heck? Can't we get an oval or you, something? You ask him where he yeah, liked to win. He's like, track, like the West Series. Yeah. <laughs> well, either of those two New England tracks would be cool. Wait, wait, there's a race in New York. Yeah, but it's a road course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, and did you hear him just petition for a dirt race too? By the way, like they have out west. All right, you need to go run. You need to go run that race in Vegas. And show them how to run a dirt track. That would be fun. That would be really cool. I think we're going to do a little bit of uh, dirt racing and some tracks, though, this year. So that would be pretty cool. Oh, snap. He just let the Eldora pin hit the floor. <laughs> oh, boy. Is that confirmed or is that close? It's, it's pretty much confirmed. You know, details are getting worked out. Don't really want to let the full kind of bag yet. All right. But we're, we're, we're finalizing finalizing stuff right now as we speak so i like it those i like it those of you going to eldora for the truck race let the dippling begin yes yeah hey (laughs) i will be there that night and i'm gonna make sure there's a video that happens to where tyler shows people this is what dippling is (laughs) (laughs) well i don't know i think you 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 may have a hard time talking to tyler well i you might have an easier time getting his teammate to do it. <laughs> Ingram's just about crazy enough. Something like that. David will laugh. Yeah, especially if we made it a country thing or a classic rock thing. Ingram would be all over it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and Tyler, we're definitely excited about where you're at here, and it's great to see you running up front and uh, running for wins. But I know you can't do it alone. So uh, here's an opportunity to give some shout-outs who helps you make all this happen. Yeah, first off, I just like to thank my mom and dad. They make everything happen, you know, my family. Uh, Glenn Sullivan, you know, Toyota, TRD, DGR, all the guys back at the shop, and uh, DNA Concrete. Without those guys, uh, you know, none of this would be possible, and I just can't thank them enough. Well, this went by way too quickly. We you really get back did. to town and uh, get a break in your schedule, we need to get you back in the studio so we can spend a little more time with you here. Wait, what did you guys say there? <laughs> that, that, that's called drifting off is what that is. Tyler went into parentheses yeah. there for a moment. Uh, more, more, uh, more like when you get back from New York, we need you back in the building. Yeah, the segment went by too fast. We need you to come back to the studio. We can keep you a little longer and have some fun. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, man. Well, d- uh, definitely uh, enjoy the rest of your time in New York. Go kick some butt on the dirt tracks. Keep us posted where you're going to race there, and we'll get the word out for you, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you down the line here. Yeah, thanks, guys. Always a fun time with you guys. Okay. Definitely. Same here. That's Tyler Dipple, and we're going to step aside. When we come back, we go from New York to New England and yep. talk about modifieds of the pavement variety. Uh, and hear from Kyle Souza to help do that. We'll be back with more of the Stock Car Show here on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network right after this. 
You own a performance car, and you know how to drive. But you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your streetcar on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> My mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication. But it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. It's time to catch up on the latest from the New England racing scene. On the Stock Car Show, here's Tom Baker with Kyle Souza. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show as we roll into Hour 2 here on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman and company. And we are joined by our New England correspondent, Kyle Souza, who also is a member of the NASCAR Home Tracks PR team covering the Wheel and Modified Tour and, of course, is a scribe for our good friends at Area Auto Racing News as well. He is a busy guy, but he is on the Race Chaser Skype line with us. And uh, Kyle, first of all, got to give some credit here because, you know, it didn't look early on as if Justin Bonsignor was going to be the winner at Thompson last week. But, boy, when the checkered flag flew... There he was, and what a season this driver is having in the Wheel and Modified Tour. Yeah, you know, Tom, it's, it's kind of eerily similar. Uh, and if you read the NASCAR Home Tracks earlier this week, a feature I did on Doug Kobe, uh, obviously won the last four championships. It's kind of eerily similar to when Doug first joined LFR Chassis uh, back in 2015. Uh, long story short, Justin jumped to LFR this year uh, from Spafco, chassis department uh and he's won three of the first five races in wheel modified tour competition in doug's first year 
uh, driving for LFR chassis. He won somewhere around seven times in that first year. Uh, and Justin's on that pace right now. Now, now, of course, we know it is only race five, but right now he's on that pace to win at least seven races, never yeah. mind more than that, possibly. Yeah, it really is kind of unbelievable when you look at it because you just don't necessarily think that one driver in this day and age on the tour with all the top equipment out there should be this dominant. But it seems like every year we see one of those. You know, we've had Kobe a number of times get off to a hot start. Lately, the last couple of years, not the case. Timmy Salamito has had his moments at the beginning of the season when he looked good. This year, it seems to be Justin Bonsignor's time. I just can't imagine him uh, winning seven races. But, you know, you look at it, and I have to agree with you. It's certainly possible. I guess the big question is, we just mentioned two other names, Doug Kobe and Timmy Salamito. What's going on with them so far? Well, I think the the biggest thing about this is, and if you again, you read that feature, I had a uh, audio clip attached in there from Thompson, where Doug finished third uh, in the Thompson 125 last week. We know he's won the last four championships. We know he's been the dominant car for the last probably six years. I know Ryan Priest snuck a championship in there in 2013, but if you go back and look at that, Doug was probably, uh, if not the dominant car, the second dominant car that year. So he's been at the top of the series for a while now. This year, not so much. Five races. He's only got one top five. That was this past Thursday night. Uh, he's got two top tens. He's got a DNF, and he's only completed 729 of the 775 laps. So he's like 50 laps short of completing all the laps. But all that aside, he's still sixth in the championship standings, 50 points from the top. You mentioned Salomito. Same kind of deal with him. He won five races last year. Hasn't had the dominant speed out of the box, but he's been kind of consistent. Uh, he's got four top tens in the first five races. He's completed all the laps, which is obviously important. Uh, and his average finish is eighth. And I know that uh, seems like a little bit off for him, but to have an average finish of eighth and be fourth in the championship, when I see that they're a little bit off the pace, worries me for the other competitors because if they do decide, well, they, they always want to run fast, but if they figure <laughs> out the setup, they're going to be a car to contend with going down the stretch of the season. And it's kind of scary to think that both Timmy and Doug are a tick off, but still finishing at the front. All right, Kyle, let me ask you this. You mentioned sixth in the championship, 50 points off for Doug Kobe. But is the number of points, would you call that a bit deceptive at this point in the year, considering just how dominant Bonsignor has been over the first five races? Uh, that That's the question. I'm really not sure, Jacob, at this point. I'm not sure... Uh, you know, what's going to happen in the next couple of races? I, I can't really tell you how big of a points lead you need going forward. I mean, take, take for example, uh, this Saturday night, the series, of course, at Langley in Virginia. And that race is probably going to be about 24 cars. So if Justin has a bad night down there, it's not going to hurt him as much as it would uh, at a place like New Hampshire, where we'll have 35 to 36 cars. Uh, and I know you don't miss, uh, you don't, really want to see anybody have misfortune anywhere but if justin's going to have a problem that's going to allow these guys back in the championship chase he really needs to have it at a place like new hampshire when there's a lot of cars on the track where if he finishes in the back it's a lot of lost points having a tough run at langley although it would hurt him it's really not going to kill his championship lead right now he's got a 19 points lead uh over chase dowling 29 back to craig lutz and then salamito 41 back uh, Kobe kind of lurking there, 50 back. I think the bigger story here that some people are probably not looking at right now is Rowan Pennock. Uh He's seventh in the championship, 
but he missed the race. He missed that opener at Myrtle Beach. Since he came back, he's got four consecutive finishes inside the top five. Uh, and he has been on a tear right now, and he's only 53 back. So he's run one less race than Kobe, and he's only three points behind Kobe. So all that together, I guess the, the short answer to your question is I, I really don't know how big of a point lead Justin needs at this point. But I do know right now if it gets any bigger and he gets any faster, the other tour competitors in all sense are, are really going to be in trouble. It's just kind of scary to think that he could get faster uh, going down the stretch. Well, you mentioned that Langley might not be a bigger stumbling block than some of the northern races, but I'm still looking at a 27-car entry list, at least that was released the beginning of the week. And this, you know, 27 cars at Langley, that that for me is a big deal compared to some of the races uh, the last couple years at this racetrack, Kyle. So I, I wouldn't say that this is so easy. If you have a bad race here, even in a 27-car field, that's going to be a hole that's going to set you back a good bit. And we've seen how this racetrack can be late in the race. You stack up cars, you get a multi-car incident, it'll black the truck. Well, let me try that again. It'll block... <laughs> It'll block the track in a hurry, Tom. Yeah, yeah, get your tongue fixed, and we'll come back to you. Uh, yeah, that, you're right. That You make a good point. And with the repave at Langley, we don't know what that's going to do. There is that. To the difference in the way the modifieds approach the track either uh, or the way that uh, the race ultimately plays out. And, you know, I'm sitting here, and I'm listening to you guys talk. And, Kyle, the thing that that is occurring to me is, you know, Two or three years ago, it was Doug Kobe, Doug Kobe, Doug Kobe, and the occasional talk of, well, maybe Justin Bonsignor gets in it or this one gets in. Last year, it became Timmy Salamito, Justin Bonsignor, Doug Kobe, Doug Kobe, Doug Kobe. Ryan Priest, of course, is always in there when he's running. Um, now this year, you know, we're X amount of races in. We're still talking about Chase Dowling and Lutz being second and third in points. And now we're talking about Rowan Pinnock being on a hot streak. And here's Bonsignor with his new LFR car. It seems like the competition keeps upgrading their game every year. And yet Doug Kobe still manages somehow to scratch and claw his way to stay in this. I agree that while Kobe and Salamito are cars that were dominant at Langley last year, Kyle, I'm not sure we see that right now. I mean, there's just so much other good competition. It's really getting harder and harder for Kobe to dig out of these holes. Well, I think that that's the, the major storyline right now is, uh, let's face it, eventually this championship run is going to end. I mean, somebody's going to knock them off the top, whether it be this year, next year, 10 years from now, I don't know. Somebody's going <laughs> to be the one that knocks Doug Kobe off the top. Uh, and ever since Justin Bonsignor swapped to LFR, I talked to him a couple days after they made that announcement, and he was, you know, I, I think actually, uh, if you look back on Race Chaser Online, the, the headline of the story was a quote from him saying that he was amped yeah. and really ready to go. And I think uh, that's been the confidence that he's had ever since day one with this new team. And I, I just don't see anybody slowing them down right now. Obviously, it's racing, uh, mechanical failure. Uh, an, uh, an accident on the track, whether it be of his fault or somebody else's that he gets collected in, obviously in play. And everybody is catching up to him. I mean, the first couple of races, especially uh, at Seekonk, he, he led basically the entire race, fighting back and forth with Matt Hirschman. But he's looked like the dominant car 
uh, ever since day one. And I know at Myrtle Beach, John McKennedy picked up the win, but he was really strong there as well. Uh, I just It's going to be tough for somebody to slow him down. It's going to be tough for Kobe to get back to the top ever since they unloaded for race one. I know people say last year he had a tough start to the year. The difference last year was he was running in the top three. Uh, when he had a uh, a crash at Thompson yeah. on lap one of the race after qualifying third. He showed speed last year uh, that he had shown in the past. This year, not the same speed uh, in practice and qualifying. I know he won the pole at Thompson, but uh, I'm, I'm not convinced that he's got a chance to dig out of this because take for granted, he's going to have to have no more issues going down the stretch and there's 11 races left. Uh, and there's that big race at New Hampshire looming that 250-watt musket 250 up there at Loudoun that nobody knows what's going to happen there. That is going to be the one race that really could spin this championship in circles. Uh, so that's going to be something to watch. Jacob, backing up a second, you talked about the entry list. A couple of updates to the entry list uh, that I have for us here. The one car originally scheduled to be driven by Burt Myers. Well, Burt not able to make it. He's going to be at Bowman Gray. Brian Lofton was scheduled to drive that car. However, Eddie Harvey confirming to me uh, late Tuesday night that Jeff Rocco is making the trip. He'll drive oh, that number fun. one. Wow. John, so Rocco in the one. John McKennedy not going to be at Langley. John's going to be up in New England. He's going to be running the International Super Modified Race at Monadnock ah. on Saturday. And John's going to be at New Hampshire Motor Speedway Sunday uh, for the uh, second annual New England Short Track Showdown. He's driving the Gary Casella car in the Valenti race there. Uh, and there was one more update here that's slipping my mind. For Oh, the other update is Woody Pitcat. Pitcat not going to be behind the wheel of that number 82. That story breaking uh, early Wednesday morning. Pitcat not going down there. He's going to be up at Loudoun as well. Uh, the rumor has it that Spencer Davis is going to wheel that car Would make sense. at Langley. Of course, as of right now, that's still up in the air. Uh, so we're going to be cut a couple cars and also hearing uh, this week that there was a chance that Chris Pastriak may not be making the trip south either. So uh, we'll see. I mean, this entry list that was released on Monday, there's been a couple of changes. Uh, I still see the same gist going down there, though. I look at Timmy Salamito, Justin Bonsignor, Doug Kobe, Rowan Pennick, and Ryan Priest as the five cars that we're going to see up at the front in the end of that race. And then the other big name guys, Jacob, I know you know this guy pretty well. Matt Hirschman's running his third race. Uh, in his first two huh. races this year, money, money, he's finished money, in money. the top five. He almost won Seacock. That's another guy we have to watch going into this race. Hang on a minute. Okay, Tom did it. He didn't do it right. I'm going to try and do it slightly more in pitch. Money, 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 money. I was just trying to slip it in casually underneath. It wasn't about pitch. But it, anyway, while Jacob and I each try to figure out our singing voices, we'll step aside. When we come back, more modified conversation because we can. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by our good friends at HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsports safety on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. 
If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today. 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, I'm Timmy Salamito, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. I done do believe we was just talking about him. Yeah, I do. I do, too. Uh, okay, welcome back to the Stock Car Show as we continue conversation about one of my favorite subjects in motorsports, Modifieds. Uh, show brought to you by HMS Motorsport. Oh, by the way, the leaders in motorsport safety, Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, and the rest of our cast around the round table. We've got Kyle Souza continuing to hang with us on the Race Chaser Skype line. And Jacob, this tour this year and this upcoming show at Langley to me carries a little bit of extra curiosity because I mentioned it last segment the track's been repaved or at least a groove of it has and you know watching the late models and even the K&M Pro E-Series cars there it has tended to turn into a one groove racetrack I'm going to be very curious to see if the modifieds are going to be able to do uh, any different on this track because and I hope they will because if not then qualifying is going to be critical because track position obviously will be important track positions left's important in a modified for one reason and one reason only the front bumper hello it's a modified you're supposed to root <laughs> well, and gouge that's... you know this Kyle knows that too I don't want to well, talk about that for a second though Kyle, I want to ask you a question, and I already know what your answer is going to be, but I think it deserves to be stated for those in our audience who may not have really thought that far yet. If you weren't a believer coming into this year in Chase Dowling and what this young man is capable of in the 15 car, hello, wake up and take notice because he's averaged a top five finish in the five races we've run this season. He's not been out of the top 10 yet. He's second in points. He's led almost as many laps as Bonsignor has this year. The only thing he hasn't done is win. 
and that win is coming. I can promise you that. Chase has been uh, a pleasant surprise this year in the Wheel and Modified Tour. And I don't want to uh, make people think that Chase hasn't had this experience or hasn't had this success before. He's had plenty of success in Modifieds at Stafford Motor Speedway in Connecticut, of course, winning SK Light races there. He's got SK Modified wins there. Uh, at Stafford, and that SK field is no fluke. I mean, they've got Rowan Pennick, Keith Rocco, Ryan Priest, uh, Ronnie Williams. That SK field is stacked with talent, and I think in a way that has helped Chase uh, prepare himself for what he's seen on the Wheel and Modified Tour. He won the Sunoco Rookie of the Year a couple of years ago, uh, driving in a car that was partly uh, out of the Jamie Tomano stable, and then this year, Jacob, you're right, kind of stunning people. Uh, I don't know why he's stunning people, but he is stunning people right now. Uh, second in the championship, and he's another guy that when they show up to the track and you look at the practice charts, probably about halfway through the session, he's always towards the top of the chart. They always unload strong. Uh, and Jacob, you're around enough racing down south. I know it's even more critical down there, it seems like, than it is up here. But when you unload strong out of the box, like rolling the car out of the trailer and fast, that makes your life so much easier going into the rest of the night. Oh, absolutely it does. And it's a confidence thing, too. And I think Chase right now is running on a lot of confidence already this season. So we'll wait and see there. On the flip side of that coin, while I'm a big believer, Kyle, in Chase Dowling and what he's done through five races this season, I'm admittedly still a little bit torn on the second driver I want to point out here because... Yes, I recognize that Craig Lutz has finished in the top five in every one of the five races this season. I recognize he's completed every lap, and I recognize that he's averaged a 6.6 in the finishing column this year. I'm not ready to say that he's completely come into his own and he's ready to challenge Craig yet. I'm not. Listen, (laughs) no disrespect to Craig. I think he's a good driver. I just don't think that he's ready to... I don't think he's at a point where we're going to see him take that next step and win yet. I think that's going to come later in the fall. Five top fives? Okay, well now... No, 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 no. Five top tens is what I said. My my bad. No, you actually did say five top fives. You got no, me I messed said up. five top but, tens. Okay, five top tens in the first five races, Kyle. And we're not. And Jacob's not a believer yet. I'm sorry. I think Craig Lutz is for real here. Is he going to win in the next two or three races? Maybe not. But let me tell you, he is a serious disruptor right now of people like Doug Kobe's opportunity to stay in this championship chase. Well, so here's the thing. I'm kind of mixed on this. In a sense, I agree with Jacob that I'm not expecting him uh, to win. And in a sense, I'm a little, little bit, I think that that third place in points and those finishing may be a little bit deceiving in a sense. I I don't think that Craig has had that blasting speed uh, that probably has earned him those finishes. I think, though, what he has done is stayed out of trouble for much of the race. Consistency. And found himself, right, that consistency is what has put him there. And if he keeps up that consistency and being there at the end of the race, and I'll tell you, Thompson last week, I looked up with about 60, 70 laps to go and said, gee, today's the day that Craig Lutz doesn't finish in the top 10. He's outside the top 15. He's kind of struggling. He's not on pace. All of a sudden, they pit, make an adjustment. There's a little bit of a carnage in the front. And then all of a sudden, Craig Lutz is in the top 10, come 10 laps to go after a pit stop. So they have kind of found their groove uh, with top tens, I'm not sure he's going to win a race this year, uh, but I think that they've 
been a lot faster than they were last year. And, of course, last year, Woody Pitcat drove that car for the first half of the year and struggled with the setup, with the equipment, finishing the races. Lutz got behind the wheel. They were okay the rest of last year, but they definitely have picked up the pace going into this year. I don't see them contending for the championship, but I do see them running top six and seven, six or seven-ish uh, in the points this season. I think that's something that they are definitely going to do. And I think that this is just another example of the youth of the Wheel and Modified Tour. Uh, something I've been calling lately these rising stars. They're really coming out of the uh, the four, picking up and coming to the racetrack with speed and showing that they're there to stay. I just don't, not quite sure yet if Lutz, if Lutz is ready to win. All right, see, Kyle does somewhat agree with me. Now, we pointed out Rowan Pennock during the first of our segments talking with you, Kyle, and the only driver who's been hotter than Justin Bonsignor, at least in the average finish column, is in fact Rowan Pennock since he's come back after missing the opener at Myrtle Beach. And we know that was circumstances out of his control. Bonsignor's averaged a 3.2 in five races this year, since Rowan Pennock's return, Pennock has averaged a finish of 3.0 over the last four races, which is actually better than what Bonsignor's done in the four races since the Myrtle Beach opener. I mean, it's it's remarkable, in my opinion, to see the job that this Bowler 3 has done with Pennock behind the wheel. Last year, they fell off, and I feel like whatever speed they were missing during the second half of the year, Kyle... They found it in a big way in the off season. He, he has started in the top five in every race since he's come back. He's finished in the top five in every race since he's come back. And if he keeps doing what he's doing, I believe we may be talking about Pennock trying to do what Ryan Priest did a year ago, win the title without running every race. Yeah, and I think that that's something that uh, I kind of picked as a storyline after Myrtle Beach, you know, saying, hey, can Rowan Pennock come back in this championship fight and be a factor? I don't know. I'm mixed on this. He's been extremely fast out of the gate these first four races back. They've had great speed on the track. They've had great race cars. I don't know if he can keep this role going, though, straight through the final 11 races without having a problem. Don't forget, every year we say you can have one, maybe two bad races. Pennock can't really afford any bad races because he already missed a race right. at Myrtle Beach. So yeah. he's without those points. And, you know, take, for example, even if he went to Myrtle Beach and took the green and parked the car and got five points for the race, it's still five points. Uh, we saw this last year with Priest where he busted off. I think he ran 13 or so races and finished in the top five in about 11 of them. He had a very similar start to what Panic had, but what hurt Priest was a wreck and a mechanical failure at the end of the year. Two races that he couldn't afford to have a problem because he had already missed one. So that's the storyline we're going to have to watch. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how Panic does it Langley, too, in that car. That's kind of a track that I think, in a way, fits his style uh, of racing. It reminds me, in some sense, to the bullring-style tracks where he's had success before. So, uh, And I know some people don't like to call Stafford a bullring, and it really isn't a bull ring, but it is not. a half mile. <laughs> it is a half mile, and it's got really tight corners uh, where the car really has to turn well, and he seems to excel there. So Wangley's the kind of track that has you really have to have good turn in the car uh, to be able to get the bite up yeah, off the corner. So it's about... another storyline to watch with him there. Uh, he's going to be busy. He's got uh, SK Modified Racing Friday at Stafford, and then he's going to be zipping down to Langley for that one on Saturday. 
It's about all you do is turn at Langley. So, yeah, that's definitely the case there. And I think Pennick is a great example of what I mentioned earlier, Jacob. The amount of cars now capable of putting together a streak of top fives or top tens has increased this year, which means that these guys who have been the dominant guys can less afford to have bad races. And Kobe's 50-point deficit at this point this year looks to me like it's more serious than the deficit from last year because you've got Chase Dowling, you've got Craig Lutz, you've got to take those guys seriously, and you've got a guy like Rowan Pennick. You know, anytime you get hot, momentum keeps you hot for a while until something breaks that. And as long as these guys keep doing what they're doing, it's going to be harder for somebody to overcome the deficit that's been created by Bonsignor and his winning streak to start the season. Last point I want to make here, Kyle, and it's about something you referenced in the preceding segment. It's the Musket 250 and talking about uh, some of the the big things that are going on with the 250-lap race that's coming up at Loudoun later in the fall. I mean, this race, I don't think we've really talked enough about how big a deal this race is. Not only is it going to be the longest race in the history of the NASCAR Wheel of Modified Tour, 250 laps at Loudoun, New Hampshire. But this race is going to feature two more things. A, a really big purse, and B, a whole lot of lap money to go to the drivers who can stay out front over the course of this event. And you you dangle that carrot in front of these modified guys, oh boy, look out. Well, that's the the part of that race that I think everybody is looking at right now and saying, okay, who's going to be dominating the race to try to pick up all that lap money? I myself, I'm going to be interested to see who doesn't go for the lap money and kind of just rides around and tries to save their equipment for the final laps. This is something, and this race has got a lot of really cool aspects to it. The lap money, the longer distance, the possibility of green flag live pit stops. Uh, that I personally don't think is going to happen. I think we'll have cautions in there at some point that's going to stop that from happening. But the other interesting aspect to this is whose car can make it 250 laps? And I know that may seem like a joke, but these guys haven't run more than 100 laps there in a long time. So is somebody going to have a mechanical failure up at the front while they're leading? You know, is a rear end going to break? Is they going to have a motor problem? I think that puts a whole new element into this race, and that's why I think this race is won by somebody who probably doesn't lead a lap early on, probably doesn't lead their first lap to lap 200 or so. And it wouldn't shock me at all uh, if a name like Craig Lawson that we just talked about, or even a guy like Dave Sapienza, who's been strong early this season as well and has had success at Loudon in the past, goes up and wins the Musket 250. I personally don't think that a guy like Doug Colby wins this race. I think it's going to be a shocker. Uh, to some people, and I think that's what's going to make this race so interesting to watch. Well, and I also think that's why they've designed the race the way they have with all the lap money and that. They they don't want people riding around. They want people, they want this to be a 250-lap street fight. And I just, I agree, Kyle. I think you're going to have some guys that are going to choose to play for the big money at the end. In other words, we don't care about the battles. We want to win the war. You know, this is going to be interesting. I'm not so worried about the durability. I mean, you see him run, you know, long distances at other tracks. You know, 200-lap races have been done 
for years and at tracks almost as big as Loudon. It's not a big deal on that, and I don't think. I think the bigger deal is going to be the fact that Loudon introduces the draft and, and it, you know, experience plays here. You can make a mistake real easy and destroy your race car. So I think for the guys, Jacob, like Lutz and, and the less experienced guys, you're going to have to take it easy and let the race come to you. If if those guys start trying to race and make it a street fight, there's going to be some serious cautions and a couple of red flags to make some pit stops under. All I got to say is twenty five grand to win, twenty five grand in lap money. Kyle, that that's really all that needs to be said, and we're about to a checkered flag point here. But if if you're excited about Langley, just wait about three more months and. Yeah, yeah, that'll be fun. You know what's missing from this race? What is missing? We need from a this beer race? sponsor to put a case of beer for each second, each lap. Somebody runs second, <laughs> so we can see somebody pull a Richie Evans trick, like he did at a Swiggo in '77, ran behind Merv Tricler forever. And on the radio, the crew chief's going, "What are you doing? What are you doing, Richie?" Said, "Relax." I got this. He was just collecting cases for, for the after-race party. That is a lot of beer, and I'm sure for a while. He was probably served with beer for at least a couple of years after that. <laughs> yeah, Richie definitely, uh, Richie definitely liked to party, and he could drink some beer. All right, we're going to step aside. Thanks, Let's Kyle, for your contribution to the show, as always. When we return, who knows what we'll get into. You're some listening beer. to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport, <laughs> live on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. 
Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. Hi, this is John Androsik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Cole Custer, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Welcome back. I was going to say, run, Tom, run. Run, Tom. I made it. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show. We, (laughs) as always, being presented by our good friends at HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. And, Jacob, I'm going to toss right to you because you have a topic for this segment that you are just itching to lay out there. I do, actually, and I wouldn't have no- I, I, I must give credit where credit's due. I would not have realized that this was going this was a thing if it wasn't for uh, ESPN's Bob Pocker. It's funny how Bob keeps popping up, but uh, <laughs> that's, that's Wow, you of, didn't even realize what you just did there. That's how a lot of people would describe <laughs> Bob. He just keeps popping up. <laughs> well, they're not wrong. We're kidding. So, we love Bob Pocker. Yeah, we really do. We're, this from South Boston Speedway, <laughs> and, and this has to do directly oh, with I short track racing. Yep. South Boston Speedway has put Dean Jones on probation for the rest of the year for violating track policy. Glad you brought this up. Dean's son, Mike, was in a crash in a NASCAR-sanctioned late model race over this past weekend. The front of the car caught fire and came to rest near the inside wall in turn one. The father wearing a t-shirt and shorts, helped his son get out of the burning car safely, reached into the car, and triggered the onboard fire suppressant before safety crews took control of the situation. Now, the reason that they've put Dean Jones on probation is because he ran onto a hot racetrack, hot meaning there were cars on track. Correct, moving cars. To help his son. What's concerning to me about this is not even the fact that the track had to react to this, but it's the fact that the safety crew couldn't or didn't get there before the kid's dad did. That, to me, is concerning. I, uh, I actually watched the video a couple of times of that, and it just, it just popped up in my feed again before the uh, show started tonight, actually. And I'm glad you brought it up because I meant uh-huh. to reference it earlier. It, I counted, I believe it was something like 17 seconds before the uh, first vehicle arrived on the scene. Mm-hmm. And by then, his father had already been on the track, gotten him out of the car, and pulled the fire suppression button to to get the onboard system right. work moving. This, of course, you know for me this is a hot button because I come from Oswego Speedway, which to me still has the most well-trained safety crew in the entire country in any series at any level. 
um, and a lot of them are city firemen as well, you are not going to see a situation like what happened at South Boston in Oswego. This, the, the reason I, that sometimes you have to look past something because of circumstance. What bothers me about this whole situation is his dad literally helped him get out of the car and had the, the fire suppression system putting out the fire before the crews even got there. I understand there's a policy against allowing people onto a hot racetrack and nobody supports that policy more than I do. But if you're going to in any way suspend, penalize, fine, whatever that, that father, you'd better at the same time do some serious work with your safety teams because somebody should have been there with a fire extinguisher just as his dad was. If his dad could run out of the infield and get there, somebody, a track official with a fire extinguisher could have run over there as well. Exactly. And that didn't happen. Oswego has corner men in each corner with extinguishers for exactly that reason. They're the first ones onto the scene. And then the safety truck gets there with the rest of the crew and, and, and they go about putting you know, putting out the fire, dealing with it at that point. But I believe that South Boston, and I don't want to use the word negligent, I'm going to say slow. South Boston needed, that that crew needed to be faster, and they need more officials throughout the pits with extinguishers to get to that vehicle quicker, Cisco. And and it's Sobo. I mean, this isn't some random racetrack right. in the middle say, of Oregon. I was going to say, South Boston, South Boston's not stupid. They've been around the block a time right. or two. Yeah, I, I just... I, I I don't think any of us here are try- the the intent of this is not to bash the racetrack. The intent of this is to push safety. Well, exactly. I mean, and and, and that's the thing. And and, and but it, the video is self explanatory. Right. You had a father, you know. And I think part of the I think part of the issue that South Boston had, if I'm not mistaken, is the man was wearing shorts I and think. a t shirt and a t shirt, yeah. right? Which he which was, that was almost as dangerous. Which again. I don't advocate fathers always running onto no, the track. No, 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 no. If, if there was a corner man or two corner men or an, a couple of officials over there with extinguishers, the father, I'm sure, would have gladly backed off right. if they were doing what he ended up doing. But it, nobody was there. Yes, and, and I watched the video, too, and I, I am very much in agreement with that point. I, I don't feel like the father would have felt the need to sprint over there and do what he did if there had been right. a safety crew already or, on the move there. Or at least the track would have had more grounds right. to complain right, Okay, right. And, exactly. and to make an issue of it. The fact is... And, and let's be clear, they're not suspending him or anything no, like no. that. It's just probation, right. but still. It's, but the, this shouldn't even... The, I mean, to, to explain that we don't like to see that on a... You know, yeah. okay, it fine. Remind of the policy, fine. Right. But again, the track has got to take some action here on their own as well and increase the amount of extinguishers and the amount of safety personnel that there are so that one of them or two of them hopefully get there in the first few seconds because the first few seconds are Are the critical critical. time, right? I mean, especially if the driver gets trapped in the belts or sometimes the Hans is, you know, problem, whatever, you know, 
so uh, to watch how quickly not only the driver reacted and was able to get, but the father got over there and pulled him out and then thought to pull the pin. I give Dean credit for I getting over there as, uh, for moving as quickly as he did to get over there. So I just watched this video because I wanted to educate myself before, before you I got your mouth. Right. into the conversation. And what I see are is a, a crash in turn one, which there are safety trucks right there parked right, right at the exit of Pit Road. Right. So it should not have taken them. Uh, by the time I see the first car pull up, we're 45 seconds into this video, which means we're about 20 seconds into the crash. Right. So by That's why for, I found for, them, for them to pull up here and the father's already pulled his son out of the car, pulled pulled the fire suppression system right. and then then the safety that's that's insane guys come on I you agree. guys are right there somebody jump off the truck and get the heck out there with an extinguisher there was yeah. somebody not even dressed as an official who jumped over the wall with the dad with a fire extinguisher yeah. to start putting it out and then an official decided to hop the wall yeah i mean that's i just insane. think i i again i i'm not trying to make but and i'm not bashing the track and i'm not even bashing the safety crew itself i'm just saying right too slow yeah. Yes. No, I, and I Not think we're all enough. in agreement here. Yep. It just needs to Not be quick enough. Yeah. It's you you know and and all tracks and I've seen over the last 2 3 4 5 years at some of these NASCAR tracks and these late, late model tracks in general for whatever reason I watch cars burn to the ground because either the officials don't the the safety crew doesn't get there in time or they don't know how to fight the fire and and do their job. The Toledo Arca race last year I, I think yeah, it was last year's a perfect example of perfect that. Perfect example of it. Yeah, Cisco. Well, I'm just I'm just worried is this something to where the tracks feel like it falls on the sanctioning body? Is it is it they're worried about NASCAR well, telling this, them what to do. This was a real and all American no. series event. This is a track run event. It, yeah. So it's not even it has nothing to do with NASCAR. The tracks need to train their own personnel and and I'm gonna be I'm gonna say this as clearly as I can before we go to break here. There is no excuse for not having a good crew of trained fire safety personnel at your racetrack along with the MTs that who are capable and an ambulance to be able to deal with driver safety. Chris, I'll get you on the other side of the break um, to, to be able to deal with driver safety. And I don't care if you're a hole in the wall dirt track, a NASCAR short track or whatever size track you are, if you're going to own or operate a racetrack, there's no excuse for not having a quality fire safety crew because we're dealing with drivers' lives here in a matter of seconds. And, that, and, and the same goes for safety tech and good rules about driver apparel and such driver safety gear. That just frosts my ass, to be honest with you, when I, when I see accidents that become way worse, Chris, than they need to be um, and, and instead of uh, having the right crew and, and minimizing uh, the effect. I was I was going to say just like Jacob said, especially for a track that's been around the block right. enough times, yeah. like right. South Boston. And again, no I'm that. not trying to bet. I'm just no. saying, I, no I, excuse. I'm going to tie this up with two really fast bullet points go so ahead. that we can go to break. Go ahead. Um, there are two groups in the country that I've I, I've been able to be fortunate to watch both of them in action doing what they do. Oswego Speedway yep. Safety Team is one of them. 
The Track Pro Safety Team is the other. Those two groups, and, and if you listen to PMN regularly, you hear Mitch Walker talk about the yeah. Track Pro guys a bunch. Oswego and Track Pro are two of the best at driver yeah. safety across the country, and a lot more tracks, and I'm not crucifying anybody, no. but a lot more tracks in this country need to take some cues from those two groups because they're doing it right. That's why we're creating RacerSafetyResource.com, and uh, we'll talk more about that on future shows. And with that, we're going to step aside when we come back. We didn't even get to our lightning round yet, folks. Wait till you see how that goes. Back with more of the Stock Car Show here on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> my mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. I'm Dalton Sargent. You're listening to Race Talk on Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show 
here on the Performance Motorsports Network and Spreaker. Chris was you're... so busy on Facebook Live paying attention to you, he completely missed my head banging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, probably just as well. Okay, and yes, we are now back on Facebook Live. Go to Race Chaser Media on Facebook, and you can... Uh, you can watch us doing this last segment. It is the lightning join round. Join the conversation. You yeah, can feel free oh to join boy. the conversation. Give your, give your answers. Oh Drop a comment in, and uh, Murdoch that, will. That could be dangerous. It could be. Murdoch will read some of them as long as they're family friendly, um, <laughs> yeah. because this is a family friendly show. Yeah, if you want to break it, you can film us filming. Oh yeah, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> That's <laughs> fantastic. There you go. This Four is more. what happens when you get two video shooters in the same room together. Oh, they're dangerous. Uh, get, to, get to the lightning yes. round questions yeah. before yeah. we jump well, the track. Well, I'm going to start with one because I'm not so sure. We might get the entire segment out of this depending oh, on. Lordy. I want to go back to the beginning of the show because we were discussing the whole road course idea and uh, talking about, well, the the uh, aero package for the all-star race and blah, blah, blah. And one of the things that came up is we were talking about Pocono and, you know, how do you make a good stock car race at Pocono? And one of the... Uh, one of, I, I was looking at Twitter earlier, and one of the things that was interesting to me was the they NBC had something on their Twitter. Jeff Burton and, and Kyle Petty, apparently on one of their shows this week, had gotten into a conversation. I think it might have been a question from a viewer. They might have been answering viewer questions. And it came up about the idea of running a NASCAR cup race on a street course. No. Okay, so I'm going around the table, and since Jacob jumped in and be, without raising his hand, I'm going to... He used to do that in class all the time, too, I hear. Um, but uh, he was disruptive. But uh, we'll go to Jacob first. <laughs> and, Jacob, your feeling about NASCAR racing on a street course, yes or no, and why? Okay, since I have a camera, I can do this right. No! Oops. Absolutely not! You think it's hard to pass on these... A mile and a half tracks with a terrible aero package. How hard do you think it's going to be to pass on a street course where there's no room? Tom, you yell about street courses all the time in IndyCar because you can't pass. And we're going to try this with 3,400-pound stock cars? Yeah. Are you Are you kidding me? For, for those who were at the <laughs> summer shootout, the other night, Jacob is doing a good John Sossaman. Okay, <laughs> yeah. um, we'll, we'll let Jacob uh, take a pill and calm down, and we'll come back to me. I made my point. Here's what Kyle Petty had to say, and I'm not going to quote him because I don't have the, the, the quote in front of me, but I can get the gist of it. Kyle made the point that the idea sounds great. The problem is the stock cars are so much heavier than the open wheel cars that run these street courses that one of the issues with the street courses even with those cars would amplify itself with the stock cars and that is there's not always very much straightaway and you have to have a good long straightaway to get these cars up to speed and so basically his feeling was that much like Jacob just said, it would be a very difficult situation in terms of passing. You'd have to find a street course that had a lot of straightaway and wide enough turns to be able to, because honestly, I think I'm waiting to see the Roval test, but this is the whole theory behind why I'm a little skeptical about the Roval at Charlotte. Sorry, Charlotte folks, because I just don't think it's wide enough in certain spots. And I'll go to Cisco next. 
Well, I will say to your Roval point, they have opened it up more. They have. We've last That's bit, why I'm la- holding judgment until I see the, the open all testing. All right. So but I, I, can I, I make my point, please? And then yes, you can cut me to, off. Go back to Cisco. I'm I, keeping control of this show. My point is we're making all this speculation. Long Beach has a whole – how many races do they hold while they have the street circuit set up during when Long Beach is a thing? Because I know they have IMSA run there, IndyCar runs there. Why don't we run? Why don't we take a couple cars a day? Nobody's using the track and just try it. I mean, what's the harm in sending a couple cars and just finding out if it works? I'm not opposed to an exhibition. I doubt it's going to work. That's just my opinion. Yes, but but why assume when we can find out actually? Fair. and, and, And I'm not opposed to that. I'll be clear. I'm not opposed to trying it just to see what would happen. I, I, I'm in favor of trying new things just to establish a benchmark. Well, but, and see, I like the idea of it. I yeah. agree with what Jeff Burton said. I love the idea of it. it but I think Long Beach might actually yeah. be an option. Well, I, but I, I, it's not a street course. But I think the only Close time, enough. the well, no, 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 no. You're 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 assuming of the point I'm going to make. Long Beach is a street course. Yeah. yeah. But the 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 course that I'm thinking of is not a street oh, course. Okay. But it might be the place that would be built best to try something like this and make it work. And IndyCar is not currently yep. running there, uh, but the uh, the Cleveland Airport. Course. Yeah. yeah. Oh. It, that's oh. wide enough, and it's got enough corners. Can we put or, that back on work. the IndyCar schedule, yes, by the please. way, please? What about St. Pete? No. St. Pete's way too no. narrow. Yeah. Way no. for, Saint, for the road road part. St. Pete's it, not even a good IndyCar race. I don't know why they keep opening their season no, there. I understand I, it's it, Florida, but it's just If you want to try awful. a quasi-street-slash-airport race, for, for I, I think Cleveland's about the one place that would be wide enough and have enough space or, to really try it. Or we go to Houston, a la cart back uh, in the Where you get lost for taking the wrong off-ramp. Do you want me to have a seizure on camera? No. Oh, there. Mur- that's Murdoch. a callback. We, Houston here, 03 on. cart. Get, oh, give me yeah. the camera so Murdoch can answer. Yeah, yeah awkward transition to yeah, Chris Murdoch so, being yeah, in another front one. of so, the camera. Um, I, I kind of agree with Cisco. I mean, we're giving the Roval a shot, and I'm going to be there for both test days because they're shootout days. Yeah. So Weird. I'll get to see it firsthand of what they're going to do with it. But I feel like if they, they find a course that's going to let them do it, I mean, why not? I mean, that's basically how the Roval came about. Why not? Just, I mean, you know, they're they're throwing it in the playoffs. They renewed it for 2019. I don't see a reason why they couldn't replicate something like this on another uh, on another street course. And, and I, I, I will hold the optimism with that just like I'm holding the, the Roval right. conversation. Yes, I, I will. I will make one point. They didn't know Eldora Dirt was going to work until, until they worked. tried Back it. To you, but it wasn't yes. an awkward transition. We made that work really yeah, well. Yeah, we did. Almost. It, it worked. No, Hi, you, ha- you would have I to I just see- like saying awkward transition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, and I saw that he was watching on yes. the stream. Just Hi, Kyle. Hi, Bar- Hi, Barnes. Barnes and Daniel Everhart are both oh, watching. Oh, boy. That's scary. <laughs> it, but I'll, I'll, I'll try to make a final point here. Okay. I, I think that NASCAR, as far as street courses go, I think NASCAR – I I detest street courses for the most part, but I do also recognize that IndyCar has a few of them. 
that are good money makers. The fans enjoy them, and I think Long Beach actually would rank right up there as about the best one, the best so money maker. Yeah, if and the best and trips. maybe the best option yeah. for NASCAR. Now, nobody in NASCAR is saying they're looking into street courses. It was simply just something that came up. But yeah. in a day and age where I think we need some different twists from NASCAR, I think maybe Long Beach. And, hey, I got a great idea. How about a NASCAR IndyCar doubleheader at Long Beach? Oh, my goodness. You're out of your mind. <laughs> I'm, well, you know what? We went from testing it to let's just give them a, a, a no, no, doubleheader. No, no, Why no, not? No, no, not, not automatically. Just if we feel like there's a street course there, I'd, I'd say that. I just love the idea of NASCAR and IndyCar coming together. Somewhere, sometime, I think we got to make Hurry that up. happen. Hurry up. We're out of time, and he's going to start throwing things at us. Oh, yeah. Oh, For that... those of you who don't know, Randy's still back. Say hi to yeah. Randy, hi, Randy Miller, everyone. All right. <laughs> he's got okay. it. In the meantime, thanks, Take us Randy, out of here, producing. Thanks, Bob Steele, Sue Mason, and the Brett folks at PMN that helped himself. make this show possible. So, for Tom Baker, Cisco Scaramuza, Chris Murdoch, I'm Jacob Seelman reminding you to keep it off the wall, folks. And if you're headed to a racetrack, we might just see you there. Have a safe racing weekend. Good, Good night. You've been listening to the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com. The Stock Car Show is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network. www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com. A member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated. And may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section on the PMN website. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, co-host, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the Stock Car Show returns on Thursday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, stay tuned for more great motorsports programming on the Performance Motorsports Network.